fact that you would join us and allow us to minister to you, talk to you, share with you these wonderful things from the Word of God. Amen. It is so exciting to us because um, we know it works. We've proven that this works. And it, the whole purpose of, of really of God living in man and then giving us dominion, like we were talking about in the last program, spiritual authority. That's the whole reason for you being in the earth is so you can dominate <laughs> and help Amen. people come to know the Lord and be blessed and have lives that are, that are delivered out of the kingdom of darkness, yes. which his kingdom, you said or in one of the other programs earlier, we were quoting out of John 10, 10, is that the kingdom of darkness, this world's ruler, is a kingdom that kills, steals, and destroys. Don't you want to be delivered from that? Don't you want to come out of the darkness and walk over in the light? So, Darnell, let's talk to the folks about their spiritual authority. God-given authority out of Genesis 1.26 that you quote so often. Everybody needs to know that. It's not just the preachers, pastors, ministers, missionaries. It's everybody. It belongs to us all. Well, and what a delight. I mean, what, yes. a, what, a, what a revelation. It is. That the church didn't walk in. I didn't so know that for long. a lot of years, serving God. No, and, and to understand that we, Jesus didn't just leave us here to be beggars. Right. Right. He didn't just leave us here marking time with nothing to do. He exactly. left us here as conquerors more than. More than. In spiritual authority, in dominion, right. in charge, in authority. That's right. Church is large and in charge. Yes. You know, in that verse that, that we do quote at the end of every program, to be more than conquerors, is that of Romans 8? Yeah, 8.37. 8.37. And it is the culmination of what Paul is teaching there in Romans 8, that that amid everything that's going on in your life, you are more than a conqueror. Yes, yes, yes. My dear friend, she's in heaven today, and sadly, a lot of people don't know who she is anymore, but Janie Ryan. Yes. Uh, Janie wrote such a beautiful, marvelous, wonderful song mm-hmm. called, You Are More Than More Conquerors. Than conquerors. And uh, she had heard me preach, and she got a hold of the word and got excited and, and uh, wrote that song, that You Are More Than Conquerors. She heard me preach another song on missions. I mean, she heard me preach another sermon on missions and, and, and wrote a beautiful song called The Missionary Song. Right. And... Uh, now, a lot of times I'll say something about Janie saying this, and then they say, who? And it hurts my heart. You know, yeah, like, she's such gone. an anointed woman. Oh, God. She, was, she had such tremendous influence. Um, oh, yeah. I, sang, back in the 70s. Well, I sang her song, uh, Covenant Woman, for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, a covenant. Yeah. She, she could say it cute, though, woman. Yeah, she'd kind of do it nasally, woman, yeah. woman. Woman. But, you know, we're living in the blessings in the of, our of our Lord and Lord. King. Hallelujah. And that's this right here. This is what's going to tell you what the riches are. <laughs> oh, I'm a cut. No, I'm not going to do that Come today. <laughs> I'm a cu- I can't do it, but I'll, you Don't know, sing. it's wonderful. Yeah, sing. <laughs> it's a wonderful song that we're living in the riches of our, our Lord, Lord and, and King, King. And it's right out of this book. And I just thank the day that somebody uh, rescued me out of a Pentecostal mindset. Yeah, yeah, Of yeah. just, um, you know, I knew scriptures, but I didn't know really how to, apply them. how to apply them. How to apply them. The how power to pray them. The power. That they have. Well, you know, back then we, we sang most of our, in our churches. Yeah. Through, no, through right. the late 60s, all through the 70s, uh, through the 80s, we literally just referred to the songs as right. we're going we're to sing out of the King James hymnal because we sing right <laughs> out right. of That's the right. Bible. Right. And, uh, you know, Janie and her husband Bill. They uh, had just gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and began to be turned on to the Word. And I didn't know, I had never heard of them, you know. 
and uh, we were living in Brownwood, Texas at the time. You right. remember that? No, you and Dean visited us there numbers of times. And so uh, yeah. uh, the doorbell rang one time, and I went to the door, and there's Bill and Jenny Grind. I mean, I didn't know who they were, but they told me who they were. And I said, well, what can I do for you? They said, you Terry Mize? I said, yes. And they said, well, we were in Houston at Lakewood Church with Pastor John Osteen. I said, oh, yeah, I love Brother Osteen. He's my friend. And um, they said, uh, we, we said, Brother Osteen teaches to have miracles. And Brother Osteen said, if you want to know how to have miracles, go to Brownwood, Texas, go to Terry and Jackie Mize's house, and Talk tell to Terry to teach you how to have miracles. And so they That's said, wonderful. so we're going to be here the next three days. I didn't even know these people. So we're going to be here with you. So they spent the night with us for the yeah. next three days. That's wonderful. And we talked the word hard, fast, and furious. And she wrote such marvelous songs. Well, they she had really such did. a wonderful ministry all over the she world. She really did. It was very appropriate for the wild and woolly word of faith oh, days where right. everybody was so hungry every church sang her for the songs. word of God. Yes. I mean, I turned on the Tonight Show one yes. time with Johnny Carson or Jay Leno, one of them, and uh, the, uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the famous group. I started to say the Oak Ridge Boys, but it was, a, it, was, it was a secular group. Anyway, they sang on the Tonight Show. Her song, Cast Your Bread on the Waters. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, she got a royalty every time somebody sang a song right. on, on the television. So she used to get lots and lots of royalties because they'd show these reruns and people that sang her songs. And, and it was all and that And I hear Pat Boone was singing uh, 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 Covenant Woman, and he was singing uh, <laughs> uh, Cast Your Bread on the Waters. And, and uh, so they just uh, had some tremendous things going. So I don't know how I got on that, but Janie and Bill were good, good <laughs> friends, and we took what just straight from the word no, that's and right. sang that's right. and worshiped God that's and right. what anointed songs they were because they're in the word. Well, you know, a lot right. of worship songs yeah, in churches today do don't too. have anointing on them yeah. because they don't have any word in them. No, that's right. Because the word is always anointed. So if you put word in a song or word in a prayer or word in your daily conversation, mm. then you're going to have anointing. Well, and the word creates its own atmosphere. Amen. When you speak the Word of God, it changes the atmosphere, which is what you have to do on spiritual authority. You have to know what the Word no, of God absolutely. says, because this book is full of God's promises to you. It's what He purchased through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for us. Yeah. We didn't know how to get all that by ourselves. Right. We didn't have any way to come out of out of harm's way. Right. You know, It was provided for That's us through we the death, last time burial, and we, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We were taught by the Pentecost which we dearly love and love right. the foundation they taught us, but it was more of a hope so and, yeah. and hope God will. Wonder if, wonder if God will. Well, we're going to pray and bombard yeah, the gates of heaven and see if God if really God is going to yeah. answer this or not. Right. But but when we got into the quote, the, the word, the word itself. and, and we realized that we pray the word, we think the word, we talk the word, we sing the word, that all of a sudden it built an unshakable confidence because it, well, now it it's not a hoping so and wonder if it's so, but now it's God said it, it is so. Right. If you've let doubt and especially fear in recent days on, in any way come in and, and eat away at your confidence in God and your confidence in the promise of, of healing and health and recovery, wholeness, soundness, get back into the Word of God. Oh, my goodness. And a way to do it, I found this something book. that I think will help you. <laughs> this will fix you. Is that if you find yourself in a lukewarm mindset, and Jesus said he didn't want us lukewarm. He either wanted us hot or cold on the things of God. Either, either take it or leave it was his attitude about the thing. But it's because the closer you get to the fire 
that is promised to you in the Word of God. I one time that, that happened. It has happened to me several times in my life where my flesh just did not want to get into the Word. I was just, you know, let's do something. Do I always have to do, you know? And it, and it was when I was younger. But I, there were times when I'd just be tired and I didn't want to do it. I'd make myself. I found out. If you go to Psalm 119, which is the longest psalm in the Bible, and this will help a lot of you, if your flesh starts yelling at you and wanting to control your interest and your passions and your focus for the day, and they'd rather lustfully go do something else, you pull out Psalm 119 and start reading it out loud. I know it's got 170-something verses in it, and it can look like you're never going to come out of it, but... If you'll take 12 to 15 verses at a time and begin to really put yourself reading it out loud, preach it to yourself, that hunger will come back and that interest yeah. will come back and you'll preach yourself into faith and confidence because that whole chapter, that whole chapter is about the Word of all God. All about the Word of God. And it's in the first person. Mm -hmm. So you get to read it right. and confess it and preach it to yeah. yourself, yeah. which it works. It's it so uses powerful. uses a lot of words meaning the same thing. It uses a lot of words meaning, meaning the Bible. Yeah, precepts. God's statutes, God's precepts, exactly. God's commandments, God's ways, God, God's uh, orders, God's Order, ordinances. ordinances. Yeah. It, it all means the Bible. It all just means you're, you know, like we say, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. See, I want you to sing Janie's song. Well, you have to sing it with an attitude, you know, the, the music and everything. And it just is such a great, I'm a covenant woman. <laughs> but the confidence that we have learned to grow and develop in, which is what every Christian, Terry, as you're talking about spiritual authority, you have to stay connected to the word of God. Oh my Otherwise, you start talking out of the it's vanity. Yeah, yeah, and you start the it's your source. The counterfeit to that is that you start talking out of the vanity of your own mind is what the Apostle Paul warned mm -hmm. against. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that. Yeah. We want to stay so full of God's word, not our word, not our thoughts, but stay so full so that we don't talk out of the vanity of our minds. Well, it's, it's the power box that we plug That's into. That's the power. Yeah, it's you not know, what we, I think. We, we plug into it and uh, charge us up. And charge our spirit man up. Now, the, the Holy Ghost will confirm the Word of God. He's not always going to confirm my opinion, but he'll oh, confirm, no. <laughs> no, he'll he, confirm he, God's Word. I've often word. said we don't get an opinion. No. Right. <laughs> we don't get a vote. We don't get an opinion. God just says, here's the Word, and do it. Right. I've often said if God wanted you to have an opinion, he'd have given it to you. And he did in the Bible. and said, think this. Yeah, just for, just think about the day we all came to when we realized that that the answer to every problem or question or crisis in life was uh, we would think, well, what does the word say? Exactly. That's the big question. If you can train it's like yourself, that bracelet people used to do. You know what? What would Jesus, Jesus do? do? Ours was what, what, does, what does the word say? say? <laughs> what does the word say? And Jesus what does the, is the word, word say? That we had that we got to where we were so. Uh, respectful to the Word of God, oh, yeah. that any situation or crisis in life, any decision we had to make, we'd immediately think, well, what does the Word say? And then and then we go racing to find out yes. if we didn't know hmm. through the Word of God to find out what God said about it. And then if we did remember something, then we'd write down those verses, confess them. I had so many pieces of paper stuck all over my house. Stuck on the refrigerator <laughs> and the mirrors and the walls. I know, the light switches. To remind them. myself, as Deuteronomy 4 says, write it upon the doorpost of your house yeah, yeah. to where you put it before you as frontlets before your eyes. In other words, to where you do not forget what God says. Oh, and it's just so simple. 
Well, it really is. You, you know, you we've know, said oftentimes for decades, feel, we've said the Bible is so simple, you've had to have professional help to misunderstand it. Yeah. We, we've had <laughs> a lot of help. But it's just so simple. I, I was thinking about spiritual authority a little bit ago, and, and uh, Matthew chapter 8 yes. says that there was a Roman centurion. Yes. Here's this Roman soldier. What? Military faith man. Story. Faith Obviously, he's story. been in the military all his life. He's a centurion. Yeah. Right. And, it really uh, happened. And he had a servant in his house. Yeah. That happened to be sick. And he evidently loved this servant and wanted to get better, and he didn't know how to make him better. And he's downtown and ran across Jesus mm. doing miracles. Well, Jesus was doing it. miracles right and left and healing people and blind eyes open and deaf ears unstopped, casting devils out. And this military man, now think, think of, I'm a military guy. Yeah. You know me, I mean, I, I was in the military, I'm a veteran, and I, I think military, I honor right. military, right. I, I, I reverence the military, I'm, I'm pro-military. Hard job. And, uh, and, and here, so this military man, with his military mindset of how things work, he saw this, and he just stopped and leaned back against a post or a house or something and began to watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. And he watched him, and he watched him, and he saw the miracles, and he saw the devils cast out, and he sat there, and he put it all in his military mind's perspective, mm. and he what, and said, I got it. I got this. I figured him out. Yes. I know how he does how that. Happen? I know how he does those miracles. Yeah, I, got I, got, I got it. And so he went to Jesus. And he said, Sir, I've got a servant That's right. home sick That's of the sick. palsy. And Jesus just interrupted him and said, Well, it's okay. I'll come to your house and heal him. <laughs> Jesus makes house calls, by the way. Isn't Jesus still makes house what calls, by the way. He just said, Hey, I'll come to your house and eat it. No big deal. And the centurion said, oh, no, sir. No, sir. You don't have to do that. Because I I, I've I been watching you. I, I figured out how you work. Yes. And he goes on there. And you read it in Matthew chapter 8. It says, uh, when Jesus, starting in verse 5, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. And I don't get hung up on that. That's where the That's church right. is always hung up yeah. on this story. Forget that. <laughs> he said, the Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Yeah. Now, he said that not in a religious mindset. This no, guy's a military not. guy. He's not religious. Yeah, He's not life. thinking in a, mili in a, in a religious in mindset of, oh, God, I'm not worried. Saw I'm not. No, no, no. He was thinking, I'm the occupying army, Yes. the occupying too. force, unwanted yeah. in another nation. I'm mean, in Israel. Rome has sent me to Israel. And I control these people. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm the occupying army here. And so he's thinking as a military man, and he's thinking of where he is. He's in Israel, and he knows the Israeli laws, the Jewish laws, that according to the, to the Jews, because he's a Roman, right. he's a dog. That's right. I mean, That's he's right. a dog. He's a Gentile. He, he's absolutely not worthy to come into their house. <laughs> by Jewish he's law. not worthy to speak to them, to talk to them. I mean, this guy's an Italian. Isn't that something? He's a dog. That's right. He's the scum of the earth. That's right. As far as Jewish law That's says. Right. And he knew it. This man knew it. He's, he knew that he could not go to a, 
Jew's house or that a Jew couldn't come to his house because of Jewish laws. It can't happen. And so he knew all that. So don't don't get hung up when you see this, Lord, I'm not worthy. Just forget that because he's not talking about a religious idea. He's talking about the law and how Jews felt about Italians, okay, and how they felt about the occupying army that's occupying their land. They don't want them there. And so he said, Lord, uh, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He didn't say he might be healed, or I hope he gets healed, or if it's the Lord's will, he'll get it. No, no, no. He said, you speak the word, Jesus, and it's a done deal. No, you right. speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Because I've been watching you. I figured this thing out. That's not amazing. And then he went on to explain it to Jesus of how he knew that was true. He yeah. said to Jesus, he said, because I am a man like you under authority. <laughs> I'm under military authority. Wow. I'm under Caesar. When, I, when, when, when Caesar tells me to do something, I say, yes, sir, and I'll go get it done. He said, so I'm a man under authority, <laughs> having soldiers under me. So in other words, when I speak to a soldier, it's like Caesar is speaking from Rome. My authority goes all the way to Rome. And he said, so I say to this man, go. And he goes. I say to this man, come. And he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he doeth it. And he said, so I got you figured out. (laughs) And when Jesus heard that, Verse 10, it says, when Jesus heard it, heard it, he marveled. Isn't that something? My, Can you imagine? Wouldn't you like to have Jesus marvel, myself, marvel just, over your faith? Yeah. Now, several times the Bible says he marveled at their unbelief. unbelief. But here to this, this centurion, this Roman, this Gentile, it says Jesus marveled, marveled at his faith. faith. And Jesus turned and looked to those that followed him around. He said, he said I haven't. I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. Israel. What's he saying? He said, among all the Jews. Among all the Jews I know, I've never seen this kind of faith. I've never seen this kind of faith among God's people, much less this Gentile, this Roman, this, this guy. And he said, he said, and I say to you, many should come unto the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out to outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he gets right back talking about the centurion again. He said, oh, centurion, uh, go your way. Go your way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Now, all of that is spiritual authority. Yes, it is. That Roman centurion sat there and watched this. He said, I got this. I got this. Every time that man tells the devil to leave, he's a man under authority. He's operating under God. Yes. And so when he speaks to this demon, then it's like God speaking to this demon. So this demon has no choice but to go. If this man, Jesus, says something to a blind eye or says something to a deaf ear or says something to my sick servant at home, they must obey because he is a man. I think it's so interesting, Renee, he didn't say, I'm a man in authority. No, right. He said, I'm a man under Under authority. authority. And see, here's a a spiritual law right here. When you are under Under authority, authority, you are in authority. You can't be in authority unless you're under authority. And this Roman centurion knew that. This is military 101. And he said, hey, 
I'm a man under authority. I'm under Caesar. I'm under my commanding officers. Because of that, I'm a man in authority, and the soldiers under me have to do what I tell them. Thank so if I say go, they go. If I say come, they come. If I say do this, they do it. And he said, that's the way you operate, Jesus. He said, you're a man under authority. You're a man under God. And when you speak, everything has to obey you because it's like God talking. Yes, yes. He says, so you don't need to come to my house. That's, that's a waste of time and, and effort. <laughs> you just speak the word only, and my that's servant so will be wonderful. healed. That's Isn't so that marvelous spiritual marvelous. authority? Well, and, and that is exactly, you know, right back again to, Rome, I mean, to Matthew 10, you were talking about uh, 19. Again, if you've not... No, Matthew 10, 1. 10, Jesus called yeah, his 12 disciples 1, and gave them but authority. But 10, 19, where Jesus turns around and says, "For and now behold, I, I give, give you, authority. you authority. And so we know that that is a God-given position to walk on this world Absolutely. ground in authority, just like Genesis 1, 26, God made man in his image and gave them, Adam and Eve, yep. dominion. And here Jesus is saying now, remember, <laughs> right. I'm getting now giving you authority. Right. Uh, and it's all of that working together. So right you there. need to know you're in authority, whether you take it or not. It's there for yeah, you. You may sleep through it, but God still expects you to be in authority. <laughs> Actually, good. that word there in, in Luke 10, 19, uh -huh. he, Jesus uses the word Power, power two times two times but yet in the greek language two different there's words. two different words yes and is. so when jesus said behold verse 19 luke 10 19 behold i give you power yes to tread on serpents and scorpions well that word power right. comes from the greek word uh exousia right meaning authority that's exactly i give you authority good over Thank serpents God. and scorpions yes. you, you have authority and then he said and over all the power of the power over all the power that's that word power again second time he used it and over all the power of the enemy that's right and therefore no thing nothing shall by any means hurt you well that second time he used the word power it's not the word exousia this time it's the greek word dunamis which is where we get our word dynamite from mm -hmm. it's an explosive power it's a, it's dunamis. I mean, it's right. power. So Jesus, what Jesus is saying there is, behold, I give you authority yeah. over all the power, over all the dynamite, right. over all the explosiveness of the devil, right. and he can't hurt you. That's so wonderful. It'd be one thing to be given the authority, but you don't have any power. Yeah. It would be one thing to have the power, but I don't have the authority to use it. Well, Jesus proved right there in, in Luke ten nineteen that we both have the authority yes. God given yes. by our position, and then He's also filled us with His power Absolutely. to do the same works that He did. Absolutely, and have authority over all. I mean, that's amazing. Over all the power of the enemy. Yes. Paul made a powerful statement. We don't have much time here, so so I'm going to have to shorten it up. But Paul made such a powerful statement in uh, in in. in uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 2. Mm -hmm. And Paul was talking to these people and he said, you know, I'm not an apostle to everybody, but I am to you. That's a statement. No, it really is. Paul said, I'm not an apostle to everybody, but I am to you. You know, your pastor isn't a pastor to everybody in your town, but he is to you. You know, I'm an apostle. God called me as an apostle, and I'm not an apostle to everybody. But there are people on this planet that Terry Mize is their apostle. And they look to me 
to operate in the apostolic office with the apostolic anointing. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody else might come along and say, oh, Brother Terry, that's a cute word that you preached the other night, or I really enjoyed your services, or, or I really like you. And that was a great story when you told about eating monkeys and, and fish eyeballs and, uh, you, you know, and you cast out devil. That, that was a great story. But other people say, no, 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 Brother Terry, you're my apostle. Yeah. You speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And if you speak into my life, it's going to happen. And Paul said, I'm not an apostle to everybody, but I am to you. Yes. See, over my lifetime, over your lifetime, there have been men and some women of God that that really were standing in a in an anointed office for us. Uh, Brother John Osteen, yeah. Joel's daddy, uh, was both your pastor wonderful, wonderful. Uh, physically because you and Dean went to church there. Right. He was my pastor, but I never went to church there. I would call him on the phone or he would call me on the phone because I was a missionary in Mexico and I was from West Texas and he's in Houston. But he was my, my, I looked to him as my pastor to speak into my life as a pastor. T.L. Osborne uh, was my dear, dear, dear friend. He was an evangelist to me. Uh, Lester Summerall uh, was a, was an apostle uh, to me. Uh, Hilton Sutton, Kenneth Hagen were dear friends of mine. They were prophets to me. So when I wanted to, now I knew hundreds and hundreds of prophets. I meet prophets all the time. I meet people all the time. I'm a prophet, blah, blah, blah. I'm an evangelist, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, I'm whatever. But, but they're not prophets to me. I honor them. I receive them. I'm convinced they're in church and, and, and they, they, they preach and I receive something from them. But when I really want something from a prophet, I go to my prophet. No, that's right. You know, they're, 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 they're a prophet to me. So I knew I was going to be out of time and couldn't, couldn't do this justice. But, but Paul said, I'm not an apostle to everybody, but I am to you. So you need to find out who's your pastor, who's your apostle, who's your prophet. And you need to latch on to those things and get some things done with spiritual authority and dominion. Hallelujah. What a day we live in. And everybody needs everything that's